Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hi. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today we're discussing Season 6, Episode 4, A Horse of a Different Color. On this episode, Harrison blows his appendix, Brother Sam dunks gangsters for Jesus, Mike and the new guy learn about Miami's client, or Mike the new guy learns about Miami's climate, and Travis is actually working for Jigsaw. What did you guys think about this episode overall? <laughs> I thought this was a step up from last episode. Uh, you actually get a little bit more uh, look at Travis and um, Professor Geller. Um, the most deaf stuff can go away, but outside of that, this episode was fine. This is uh, this episode is written by Lauren Gussis, whose last episode was the "Hey Aster has a storyline" episode. So I feel like mm. we tend to like her work in general. Makes sense. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't hate it again, but um, there was a progression of the plot for what it is, and you know, definitely the look into Travis and some of the more uh, apocalyptic stuff, and they're they're finally coming to those conclusions and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was all right. Uh, the episode starts with Dexter watching Brother Sam baptize the guy he saved slash kidnapped. Dexter tells Brother Sam that he crashed his car again. Dexter is reluctant to get baptized himself. He doesn't get it. Dexter gets called to the scene of the horses. He says, Jesus Christ. Dexter and Deb are both reminded of the ice truck killer. The horse has the alpha and omega signs painted on his head. The new detective thinks there are they represent the four horsemen of the apocalypse and Quinn belittles him for wearing a suit in Miami and saying that it's hot. So does that mean that Quinn is Mike's partner now? Like, where's who's the, all the partners? Are they switching them up? That would make sense. I don't think they go ahead and explain it at all. Yeah. It feels right? more like Angel and, and Quinn are working together, Especially. and Mike's just sort of a free agent that does stuff for Deb. Yeah, and then but still Angel's still sergeant, right? Yeah. So he's still Quinn's boss to a certain degree in terms of hierarchy. Ah man, that that's all kinds of jacked up. But maybe they're just like partnering up Quinn and, and Angel just to kinda pick on the new guy and they don't really trust him yet, so he just kinda shoves him aside, maybe, I don't know. You see, you see Zach at this point, continuity <laughs> has just gone out the window. <laughs> They, uh, they don't, they they don't care anymore. Yeah, be glad they remember the names of the characters. <laughs> uh, Dexter is putting the body back together in a morgue. He finds a small piece of paper inside an eyelid that has 1242 painted on it. Dexter goes back to the intestines of the first victim and finds another paper with 1237 on it. Jamie calls to tell Dexter that Harrison is sick. LaGuardia talks to Matthews. She says that she's lined up a press conference for the afternoon to talk about the Four Horsemen case. Matthews tells her that Deb will do the press conference. Deb is the new face of the department. LaGuardia is the old face. LaGuardia tells Deb that she was that it was LaGuardia's idea to put Deb in front of the press conference to make it seem like it's less of a big deal than if a captain went up there. 
She also reminds Deb that she needs to go to therapy to be fit for duty and that shooting De- after the shooting that Deb was involved in. Mike, the new detective, suggests that Deb dress more professionally. He describes her look as going to a hoedown. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not Deb. wrong, but I'm a little annoyed with him always criticizing what Deb's doing. Take <laughs> well, a seat, me, buddy. Take a seat. Look how they introduced him last episode. Comes in, says like the most sexist stuff that he could possibly think of at that moment. And it's just going to continue. They're continuing so, it. So he is Debs's dokes. Where he's just like, there's something wrong with that lieutenant of ours. It's a fucking psychopath. I wish he was Debs' dose. <laughs> like, a, a way less interesting, more sexist version of Dokes telling her, oh, you should put on a dress. You know. He, he's like gentleman Dokes. Surprise, my lady. <laughs> um... Ryan asks Masuka to show her more evidence from Trinity or the Bay Harbor Butcher. Masuka can't. The FBI has those files. Masuka interrupts a briefing by Mike to tell everyone that one of the weapons used on the Jagger was made of iron. He believes it to be an ancient artifact. Mike and Dexter explain what a tableau is. Mike has found biblical references about snakes in Revelations. Dexter figures out that the numbers are five days apart and the bodies were found five days apart. Some sort of countdown. And Deb coins the term doomsday killer. I love that Quinn's like, oh, you mean like a crime scene? (laughs) Yeah. The way they're ribbing Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a little fun. I kind of like that. No, a tableau, you dummy. Uh, Edward James Almos and Travis are at a restaurant. Travis is flirting with a waitress and considers asking her out. At that moment, I knew she was going to die. Of course. Like, <laughs> anybody who gets even close to those two jokers, besides the sister, which I even have my doubts about now, where I'm just like, God damn it. Which, would, you like to, would you like to accompany me to a stabbing sometime? Just a plate of intestines for dinner. <laughs> uh, Deb models a gray suit slash skirt for Dexter. Jamie comes through with a poop explosion. Dexter asks if it's Harrison, and Deb says, if it's Jamie, you have major problems. Jamie says she'll take Harrison to the doctor the next day. Dexter drops off his car. Brother Sam is sending Nick to a computer class. Dexter looks at Brother Sam's Bible and sees all of his notes. They have a conversation about how faith helps people overcome things, but it can also be misplaced. You know, the the Jamie Harrison scene, like, why do they even have this kid in the show anymore? Dexter doesn't give two shits at all. He's just like, oh, yeah, the babysitter can take my sick kid to the doctor tomorrow. Not me. I don't care. I don't, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I had that thought, too, actually, where he's just like, oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, you, sure, yep, go ahead, you take him, yep, oh, he's got, pro- okay, what, yep, all right, I got stuff to do. Well, Dexter's like her sole source of income, so, she, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, we haven't seen her before because she's an illegal, and Dexter's, like, got her passport locked up somewhere, so she just has to work for him. But you'd think maybe he'd want to, you know, go to the doctor, but 
Guess not. Uh, can't be bothered. Uh, can't be bothered. Priorities. Aguerta tells Deb not to use a speech and just be herself. She puts a necklace on Deb and leaves. Dexter and Heresy. Dexter and Heresy. Dexter and Harry have a conversation <laughs> over the body. Those Dexter, religious undertones are getting to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dexter deduces that the precise nature of the first killing and the imprecise cuts of the second may mean that there are two killers working as a team. Um, I don't buy this revelation, but it's convenient for the show, so whatever. Uh, Masuka yeah. gets a call from someone asking if the ice truck killer evidence posted for sale online is real. Masuka looks it up and sees that the seller's handle is roller derby related, which Ryan does. Masuka confronts her and kicks her out. Well, sad. That's the end of that friendship. Yeah, like, this this whole intern thing sucks, and it's just gonna get worse. I feel like they, they watch the uh, season of House, where he start, He has, like, the improv, or the uh, intern uh, pool With that keeps getting, narrowed, and- keeps getting narrowed down. Like, he starts with, like, 50 of them, and he kicks, like, 20 of them out the first day, and and they decided that was fun, so let's do that with Masuka. Except we can only afford one at a time. The show Bones kind of did the same thing, where they had, like, constantly revolving interns, too. I was trying to figure out the timeline, because it reminds me of that more than anything. The show Bones, which was forensics, they would constantly bring in new interns. So that was kind of where I went with it, but I didn't watch House, so... Did you like Bones? I did at first. Because Bones is the (laughs) poo-poo. I liked it at first. The first few episodes I was kind of digging, but our first few seasons, then I stopped. No, it got terrible. It was okay at first. Come on. It wasn't wasn't terrible at first. Um, It got terrible. I do not like Emily Deschanel, no matter what. And that was kind of a deal breaker for me. And then when the when the plot started go, like I gave up real quickly on that show. I don't know if I even made it through season one. Well, when it got into her personal life, because she's really unlikable and she's not a good actress at all. She's not yeah. interesting or engaging. But I liked the supporting cast. I thought they were good. And House, I think a lot of people bailed out on that show because it came really repetitive. Yeah. Um, they did kind of the same story for three or four seasons. I think it was three. And then the fourth season is where, like, basically all of his assistants quit at the end of the third season. And uh, that's when he starts the whole the whole finding replacement st- storyline. And it gets really good again. Yeah, I watched, like, the first, I think, half of the first season. You watched what? I watched the first half of the first season, I think, and I just, it was just, like you said, it was too repetitive. I didn't see anything interesting. Yeah. It, it takes a while for that show to figure out that it should have some serialized elements to it, that it shouldn't yeah. just be a completely different episode, completely new story every single time. And they get much better about that towards the end of the show. I'll add it to my long, long list of things I want to watch that Which probably won't. I think it went eight seasons, so it was long. It was a it was fairly long. long, fairly long time. Deb gives uh, her press conference. It's a disaster. She says all she cares about is catching the fucker that did this. 
Deb and Dexter rush to the hospital. Harrison has a high fever and is going into surgery. Brother Sam calls to tell him that the his car is ready, and Dexter tells him about Harrison's surgery. Angel and Quinn get lost looking for a usual suspect religious nut. Quinn finds a joint in Angel's car. He peer pressures Angel into smoking it with him, and a, re- a ridiculous steel drum version of Spill the Wine plays. They get stoned and eventually get the address. Yeah, this was just like, again, like I was saying, he's a sergeant, Quinn's just a detective. There's like, are they partners? What's going on? Why are they getting high together? Like, it's almost like the personal stuff takes over too much in terms of like the real life stuff. Yeah. Well, I sent you guys the screenshot of like that first fisheye lens view of them high in the car. Yeah. Where Angel's just sort of glowering at at Quinn, like, are you real, man? <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't that where he, like, gets, uh... Where, where he talks about, like, puts his hand on Quinn's shoulder and is like, <laughs> I can tell that you really, like, are, are hurting. And it's it's just terrible. Everything that they do. Quinn's like, don't touch me. <laughs> Get your sausage hands off me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dexter is obsessing over the complications of an appendectomy. Deb's soundbite plays on TV, bleeping her expletive, and she says, oh, fuck, in the waiting room in front of kids. Brother Sam shows up to talk to Dexter. He says that he used to believe in his dad, too, but it didn't work out for him. He tells Dexter a story about his dad murdering a guy in front of him. In jail, Brother Sam tried to choke out a guy in a chapel until he saw sunlight coming through the chapel windows. Letting the guy go was the best feeling in his life up to that point. And Dexter catches himself praying for Harrison in front of a Nest Cafe machine. The machine miraculously works. That speech was so fucking long. I was like... I I really thought... I was like, what? Why is this still happening? (laughs) Brother Sam's story, you mean? Yeah, I was just like, it was forever. I was like, what? Why does this matter? They're they're really trying to build trust between Dexter and Brother Sam so that he can start talking about stuff he doesn't usually talk about. Yeah, all all the Brother Sam stuff is so boring like that. It just drags on and on and on. Yeah. It's like, oh, I was choking this guy out in the chapel, which... As you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's Where like, else? I saw, I saw sunlight come through the chapel window. It, it was miraculous because it was daytime. <laughs> like, why, why is this story happening at all? Yeah. I think Brother Sam is, like, involved with about 30 Ponzi schemes right now. <laughs> he's at the very bottom of all of them. Uh, yeah, and... Dexter praying in front of the uh, the Nescafe machine. I honestly thought he was praying to the Nescafe machine for a minute. Like, please <laughs> make my coffee. I'll do whatever it takes to get he this just give me coffee. one coffee. Sometimes, really needed that coffee, to be fair. <laughs> Sometimes you need a win. Uh, Edward James almost finds out that Travis has made a date with the waitress. Travis is allowed to go. He has free will. But he must accept the consequences from God. Travis tells the waitress that he lost his parents at 14 but still has a sister. They end up sleeping together. 
Edward James almost watches them through a crack in the door. But does he? <laughs> like, how the camera is, it pans towards the door, and he's staring through the crack at the camera, but where the camera was previously, it's like he's looking just at a wall. Yeah, he, he's looking, he must be looking at like a 45 degree angle. Also, whatever light source it is that illuminates him, like to reveal that he's there, I have no idea what that is either. Like, he had like a mag light under his face or something. Yeah, I like to think that he was just there making some pasta, (laughs) (laughs) and he just happened to like hear some noises, turn around, the lights went out, he grabbed a flashlight, you know, this is all happenstance. He was reading his next script for Mayans, MC. In in the scene where Travis is talking to the waitress, um, he he just gives her the line, you know, lost my parents at 14, but I have a sister. And she's like, finally. And they go to bed (laughs) immediately. Like, that's all it takes. Yep. A little tragedy will get you laid. Uh, the doctor tells Dexter that Harrison came through fine. Dexter thanks God, then the doctor. Brother Sam says he can't prove that God exists, but Dexter can't prove he doesn't. Which is the old proving a negative fallacy, but we won't get into that here. Um, <laughs> Matthews calls Dev into his office and says that he made her proud as his spark, his new spark plug of a lieutenant. And he tells her to keep up the good fucking work. Stoned Angel and Quinn have a lead on Dr. James Geller. Geller disappeared three years ago after being accused of stealing an ancient sword. It was supposed to belong to John the Revelator, the author of the Book of Revelations. And Edward James almost finally gets a name. Dr. James Geller. Travis wakes up alone. Edward James almost has tied up the waitress. Harry is standing over Harrison, who has his eyes closed in what's supposed to be sleep, but it's a very poorly concealed static image of his face. Harry tells Dexter that he owes whoever he prayed to. Dexter goes to a new Doomsday Killer crime scene. There's an Alpha and Omega symbol with a bunch of dead fish. Dexter follows a trail of blood. They go inside a greenhouse and find the waitress in a saw trap, gagged and shaking her head no. A random uniform comes out of nowhere and hits a tripwire, and the waitress falls into the crucifixion pose, revealing wings on her arms, and the spikes of the trap puncture her neck, killing her. I get that it was a Saw ripoff, which Saw was out then, right? Wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. But I, I really thought that was effective. I was That was the one scene that I was kind of, I knew what was going to happen, but I was pretty tensed up. I thought that was a good scene. Yeah, I mean, if 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 the season had been Dexter versus Jigsaw, it would have ruled. <laughs> it would have been even better. <laughs> but uh, but it tr- Colin Hanks just is not Jigsaw. No, that's that is true. That is true. I think he went he went out of his way to do a good job on this one because he liked the victim. <laughs> but other than that, nah. Yeah, Dexter hears a noise coming from a cabinet. He opens it, and a bunch of CGI locusts fly out. Dexter sees Travis watching and wonders if he's doomsday number two. He has the smile of a true believer. My notes say he's number two, all right. <laughs> yes, he is. He's terrible. I refuse to believe it was by choice. He's terrible. 
I love how after they accidentally kill the woman, they hear buzzing coming from a cabinet, and they just walk over and open it. Right. What could possibly go wrong? What's this ticking noise? And they didn't hear it before? All of a sudden, the, the locusts went wild? I mean... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Let's well, the, just open it up. When, she, when the tripwire happened, there was like an explosion or a bang or something like that. I mean, I guess... Not that I need to justify the choices of this show, <laughs> right. but that they, you know, like the, the loud noise got the bugs all worked up. We'll go with that. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> that sounds good to us. That's fine. I don't know a lot about well, entomology, it, but I don't. Is that a thing? <laughs> it was essentially a Rube Goldberg, right? Like, it was like, do, 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 like all the moving pieces, so the final piece was the actual release of the bugs. That could be. Maybe you're right on that. That makes sense. I actually would have loved if it was a Rube Goldberg machine because then it would have taken like 10 minutes for it to kill her and those cops would have just been standing there the entire time. (laughs) Quinn would have just been like firing randomly around the room. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a marble and and dominoes and levers. Quinn shooting dominoes would have made my day. (laughs) Uh, This was directed by John Dahl. Um, prolific Dexter director, 16 episodes between seasons 3 and 8. It was written by Lauren Gussis. We talked about her a little bit before. Um, her last episode was uh, the uh, Teenage Wasteland from last season, which is the best use of Astros so far. What was your best line of the episode? I went with um, when Dexter is talking to Harry about praying, and Harry says, you know, you prayed, and then he says, no judgment, you already talked to an imaginary father figure. Mm. Mm. Mine was uh, somehow a Brother Sam line, but um, it was uh, when he says, faith, man, you put it into the wrong things, it'll fuck you up. (laughs) Oh, Brother Sam. I had Quinn, a high Quinn, saying, get your fat sausage hands off of me. <laughs> How about the worst line of the episode? On the opposite end of uh, that, I have uh, when uh, Mrs. LaGuerta, or as I like to now refer to him as a high-tista, um, when he says it's sad I can feel how much your heart hurts from Deb <laughs> that works I just went with Masuka when he says catch of the day when he's holding up the fish just because it's Masuka <laughs> I had Deb when she said has anybody ever died from crotch asphyxiation <laughs> mm. Because she's wearing stockings. Yeah. How about the performance of the episode? You gotta give it to Travis, right? No. Do you? <laughs> I don't think we can ever I mean, give it to did, Travis. He, he did perform in the bedroom, which is uncharacteristic of him. Hey. Um, I, I'm going to give it to Hytista. Just for that stare alone. I went with Mike just because he's a new face. And everybody else is terrible. So Mike for wearing that suit in Miami's heat. Yep. Attaboy, Mike. 
All right, well, that'll do it. Thanks, guys, for watching with me. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone, and we'll see you on the next Deeply Discussing Dexter. <laughs>